everyone, and welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly brought to you by Gamesurplus.com. Hey there, we're the hosts of Cardboard Conjecture. I'm Norm. And I'm Ryan. This is episode number two, Snowdonia. Okay, Ryan, <laughs> run us through the nuts and bolts of Snowdonia. Oh, I didn't know you were going to... I thought you were going to do the nuts and bolts this time. I could do the nuts and bolts. <laughs> okay. All right, so <laughs> Snowdonia, designed by Tony Boydell. It is, in its heart, a worker placement game that has a train track building heart to it. Did I say heart too many times? Just say it one more time. Just say it one more time. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, <laughs> I stumbled upon this game by going through watching a whole bunch of top 10 games of this account and top 10 games of worker placement and top 10 euros. And I believe, I think the convincing part was uh, uh, I saw Rado top 10 worker placement games and uh, he went through it, talked about it, and I, I don't know. There was one thing that just stuck in my head that I thought I need to I need to get this game. And maybe now, just maybe, and you could probably talk about this too. Uh, what motivated me the most was the fact that it was hard to find. I I, I know I'm always drawn <laughs> to games that are that are that are hard to find or kind of sometimes go under the radar. Um, that's not the case. This one's a harder to find because it's been out for a, a little while and now. And it's not a grail game. Like, I mean, if you look no, for it. But and, it's, and it's had a, a few printings. It's had a couple uh, a couple printings to it. Um, yeah, but, it, but it's the fact that this one, is, it, it, you just don't hear a lot of people talk about it. Like when they say, oh, let's play a work replacement game. Quite oftentimes in our group, we don't hear somebody say, well, this place is Nodonia. Yeah. Well, in worker placement game, a lot of people go, oh, you know, Stone Age or Viticulture or, or you Lords know. Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, or, yeah. Or uh, Champions of Midgard. But uh, this one, this one is so far under the radar, I think it's underground. <laughs> um, uh, Was that an underground railroad it's under, show? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. No. Little Canadian history. Um, uh, but, yeah, the, mo- the moment that... Uh, you know, someone says, oh, but, you know, that's a great game, but it's hard to find. You've, you realize you've just challenged me, right? It's time for a unicorn hunt. And, know, and, uh, and you picked this, and when you found this one, it actually had, like, an expansion taped to the box. And I found it in another city that I was there for the weekend and just happened to uh, um, uh, check on Google Maps if there's game stores nearby, and there was one two blocks from the hotel. So I went there, walked in, and I honestly was reaching for the game to grab it before my eyes actually saw what the title was. <laughs> That's how instinctual my desire to you know, acquire this game was. Um, but let's not talk about Acquisition Disorder. That's a whole other episode. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I brought it to the table um, after we played uh, Guilds of London. Um, same, same designer. Same designer. Uh, that was... I mean, I knew that I wanted to give this game a try, and I knew that because you had Guilds of London that you're familiar with the designer. So we put it on the table, we pushed our th- way through the first game, and um, give me some opinions. What do you think? So this was really nifty. Like when you, Now, when you talk about worker placements, usually the mechanism is not quite that difficult. You take a worker, you put her on a spot, you're going to resolve that spot at some point in time. Now, 
I like this one because the order in which you resolve the actions is always the same. Left to right, yeah. Le le left to right. So there's the, the first spot is gathering resources. If you have a guy there, you get to get some resources. Um, if you're the second spot in that line, you get to take the first player marker too. Yeah. Then the next one, I believe. Clearing is, debris, I think, was the next one. Yeah, clearing yeah. debris, uh, building train tracks, um, building a building, uh, claiming an end of game scoring card. I'm evaluating his memory right now. And uh, or or, or tra traveling up the mountainside. Well, with the surveyor. The, the surveyor the action. Surveyor that's what action, it is. Yeah. That, that, that's what, Which that's is what such is. a sneaky point getter that, uh, again, I want to play this game so many times just because I keep forgetting about the surveyor because you yeah. move that guy six times and that's 21 points. True. But, of course, <laughs> like any good worker placement game, um, you, you only begin the game with two workers. So you only, you only can take... In the very beginning, you're taking two actions a turn. And it's the hardest decision to make. You only have two worker placement uh, choices, and uh, until until you build a train. Oh. So there's later on in the ground that well, at the end of every round you have to restock the stockyard with some more resources. But in this bag of resources, there's these event cubes. Those things are brutal. So you pull an event cube, and then you start putting them on this track. So the in our in our two player experience, the the, the imaginary opponent does something, or it might close down some buildings, or it it. They will go take and away rubble, take away the rubble, build and tracks, clean the tracks, and but as soon as a certain point, I think it's the second event. Yeah, and now you can buy trains, and if you have a train, then you can spend a coal resource to hire an extra, extra, uh, extra dude. Would you say the train travels up the mountainside? Goes down, yeah, goes, goes, down, goes, goes the down the mountainside, mountainside. Goes to the pub, picks up uh, a worker, and brings him back up. I, in my head, I kind of referred to that train as Snowdonia Uber. <laughs> <laughs> but so so that's why. Right. So you want to get a train because that third action is huge in this game. And the train gives you a bonus. So if you like the one that I bought um, gave me an extra two rubble to remove when I did that action. Right, so right. And I, I I always kept buying the cheap train. Cheap train for nine points. <laughs> yeah, get nine extra points. Today. I got that nine point buffer on you for the for the end of the oh. game. And uh, and then back with the trains back to the events. There's that one event where you have to repair <laughs> your train, and if you do not have steel or even one of the cards that we'll get to that too. One the contract cards you lose your train and it you, happened to me twice oh man, and i was i mean i Two saw games it in a row. i wasn't gonna say anything because you know i want to see how this plays out um yeah and you yeah you kind two of game two games in a row my train got destroyed and i couldn't get it broke down they, they broke down yeah your uber <laughs> fell off the track uh so yeah uh, so you brought up that other thing. There, there's these contract cards that you can acquire. So that's one of the action spaces you can go. And these contract cards um, have some sort of one-time bonus that you can take in, in, in the game. So either get some extra resources or prevent somebody from getting the start player marker or take an extra laying track action. But they also at the top there have some end of game goals to try to meet, and that's what really, really is really cool. So like now, I, is this a Tony Boydell thing? Because back to Guilds of London that we had spoken about before, there's those end of game scoring opportunities. Bonuses, opportunities, yeah, and that same thing occurs in this game with these contracts. So keep going. I cut you off so, there. So I, I like these end of games because it says, oh, if you've cleared. 10 rubble and have laid two tracks score 20 points that that might not actually be true but it's something like that 
And I, I really, I really like it. It gives you a goal to work towards. And I really liked if I had two cards. Let's say one card says you need to clear seven rubble, and the next one says you need to clear eight rubble and build two tracks. Well, the seven rubble on the first card needs to be a different set of rubble than the eight that I need for this other card. So oh, I yeah, need you can't 15, double down. Yeah, I need fifteen rubble in order to complete those two cards. And then you bring into the into the scenario that the game event is taking stuff away from you. So there was a there was a certain point where the I was uh, working towards getting a whole bunch of rubble, oh, and all of a sudden, a one event came and based took away up, four. Yeah, took away four tracks that had. A lot of rubble. Oh. And I was like, well, those, those, those opportunities are yeah. gone. I may as well focus on these other cards Look that I got. Look for another contract. Um, what I want to bring attention to is I am really pumped about the weather mechanism in this game. Oh, yeah. We haven't touched on the weather mechanism. So at the end of a round... Um, Depending on how many cards were selected in, in the round, some tra the cards are going to move down this little slot, this track. We're going to reveal some new cards for the next round. But then the, the, face, the top face-down card of the deck is going to predict what the weather is going to be coming up. In and the next two turns, yeah. Yeah, so it, there's, a, there, there's sunny weather, rainy weather, foggy weather, I think, is, is, yep. are, the, are the three. And if it's sunny weather, well, the next round... Being able to clear debris and being able to build tracks gets a little bit better. And we should identify that the um, laying tracks and clearing debris have their own movable scales that are affected by the weather. So you can either right. go from one clearing clear one rubble, rubble to all to the way to four, four, or to lay down one set of tracks or two set of tracks. So that's what the weather manipulates: is our ability how. Uh, efficient we can be in a day. So, so I like so I like that. So the sunny weather, obviously, better working conditions. You can clear more rubble, build more tracks. Rainy weather, well, then those tracks are going. Those, those, those scales are going to go downwards. You can't clear as much rubble. You can't build as much track. And then the, the fog. One, and oh. the one that kept screwing us up the most. I think there was one time we had three fogs in a row. Three days of fog. And then when it's a foggy day. You can't clear any rubble for the round, and you can't build any tracks. You're forced to do other actions on those days, and that might just completely screw up your plan. Oh, it shuts down or so many choices. Or it might choices. go in your favor yes. by, by just, okay, well, that's a couple turns in a row. I'm going to gather some resources and build some buildings. And what I noticed, too, is during that phase of fog that we got smacked around by the events because all of a sudden, since we can't build and we can't um, uh, uh, remove rubble, the this independent company that is the events uh, track, they can, they're really good at their job, so they can continue and do this. And they scooped up so much rubble on us and made laid so many tracks that back Built to that buildings. whole thing. Yeah, what we talked about was like basically made a lot of our contracts irrelevant. And an, another thing that I, I want brutal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But I love brutal. it. Absolutely love it because now. Now you have another variable of challenge that you have to negotiate, predict. Man, I don't like seeing those white cubes come out of the bag. But as players of the game, this is not, I like this part of the game too, is that we might have a little bit of control over that. Because whenever you spend resources, they go back into yes. that bag. So you can mitigate. So, so yeah, we're completely, those white we're, cubes. All, we're always stocking the stockyard. And there's going to be a lot of resources. If there's a lot of resources there and you've got a lot of resources, that means the chances of drawing an event cube is going to be much greater. So you're constantly wanting to spend your resources, put them back in the bag. You can't hoard. No, you got to put them back in that bag. You got to spend them yeah. so that these event cubes don't come up so often. 
yeah I, that that's a mechanism that I really enjoyed about this um yeah so I haven't had I'm, I think I've maybe had two plays with you and then three solo plays which I absolutely love about this game um, basically now if a game doesn't have a solo play as far as I'm concerned um, uh, that it doesn't get that first checkbox, but this has a solo, and it's a strong solo play too. Um, yeah, I, I just need to get more games in. I know that for a fact. Uh, this is on my shelf, and it's gonna stay on my shelf. That's my um, conclusion about that. Is uh, I'm gonna be playing a lot more solo on this so that I can get a very good uh, grounding of how this game plays out. Well, that's fantastic to hear because my experience with this game is only just what I've read online and our my our two plays of two player, and I want to just reiterate that I I do want to explore this game some more. <laughs> There's so many different. I want to try that surveyor strategy. Yeah, but that I, I, I but at what cost I th though? <laughs> well, I think that surveyor strategy would work well if I got a contract card that forced me to push my surveyor up the mountain. Yeah, and there was one there where you got to move him up, I think, one position, which is critical. I mean, if you're if you're in that fourth station position, I think the difference but going to the fifth is like eight points or something like that. So it's yeah. valuable. It, it is valuable. So, yeah, so I want, I want to explore more of those cards. I want to explore um, the different types of strategies, uh, maybe a building strategy as opposed to a laying track strategy. Or, but you also have an expansion. I was that just gonna work. say we didn't even touch the expansion deck oh, yet. There's so there's so many more cards, but I haven't more even, trains. Oh I yeah, I haven't even explored because I only played two games and I bought the same train oh, twice. Yeah. For me, it feels like I'm <laughs> I'm gone to like a, the huge, the biggest food buffet, and I'm uh, it's like I I'm in the Italian section. There's so much pasta, and then I look over my shoulder and. There's the uh, there's the uh, beef and broccoli and I I I just I'm looking all over the place and I can't stop at one spot and and take time to uh, enjoy. So 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 a conjecture I like to that's make. That's a weird metaphor. <laughs> I had no idea where. You, that's why I was just trying to move on. I just kind of oh. stopped in the middle of it and got hungry. <laughs> Sorry. A conjecture I like to make though, Tony Boydell. You're putting out some good games. Oh, yes. Two, two games. So this is two episodes in a row. We've reviewed two pointed Tony Boydell games. Um, they're the only one, so that forces me to go to, to Board Game Geek here, and I want to try to find out more. I heard that he's got a new game coming out, coming up here really quickly. I just recently learned that there's a Snowdonia, like a third edition, a quote-unquote third edition coming out to Kickstarter. That's going to include some expansions and some of the promo materials and everything. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm a... Kickstarter guy, so he's I'm, shaking right now. He's just <laughs> vibrating. I'm vibrating because this 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 is a great game, and it, it'll. Now, do I need to own it too? If you have it, no. Well, well maybe. maybe no. I don't know. We'll have to talk. About I'll, that. Well, we'll have to. Yeah, I, have to another, I have to see what's inside the Kickstarter. You know what? That's another episode discussion. Is in your game group, if somebody has a game that you like, do you buy it for your own collection, or do you just accept the fact that it's in the community? But that's another discussion. That, 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 that's a whole that you that's a whole another jar of worms. Because uh, just saying that made me twinge because I, I need to have certain games for my collection. But well, let's well, get you, you found you found yourself a really good one oh. in Snowdonia here. And I I never thought of Tony Boydell um, as 
as somebody that would appeal to me. Like I have my favorite, I have my favorite designers, but Tony, you are now on the marquee for me. Um, What is the, um, I can't, uh, something about tea. What's the new Tony Boydell coming out? Oh, 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 man, you're, you're putting me on the spot here. Oh, well, we'll figure this out. Maybe future Norm can Al, stick in the... Uh, Al, Alubari, a nice cup of tea. Alubari, a nice cup of tea, that's right. Which is, they're, they're saying it's like the spiritual successor to Snowdonia. Oh, I can, I'm going to start saving my pennies now. So, Tony, I am very pleased with the two games that I've played that come from your mind. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, I... Um, I'll let you. I'll let you give your final conclusion here. So my final conclusion is, I want to explore this game some more. Um, I definitely want to try it at, at a higher player count. I definitely want to see what it plays at at, at three and four players. Uh, I want to explore some new strategies to this game. Um, solid worker placement, uh, a design with some really cool mechanisms. Um, yeah, I just want. I want to play. The, I want to play this more. It, I, it, it, scratch, it scratches a, a nice a nice itch. Oh, yeah. I agree with everything that you say. Um, and I also want to throw in the idea of I, what I enjoy a lot about this hobby is the cognitive puzzle. And I love it when a game pushes back. And this game pushes back full force. And yeah, they, uh, it's they, a great challenge. I love it. Yeah. There's very few games out there that will make me want to think that forces me to think about the game after I've done playing it. The Snowdonia did, uh, does that for me. Uh, I, I was constantly, after our plays, I was talking about, or I was thinking about, well, what could have I done better? What, 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 what would I try in the next? What would I try next? Well, game you even me? texted me that night and, <laughs> and said, I just read through the rules. And uh, we, did you say that we played it pretty much? We, 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 very rarely on the very first playthrough, I don't think we got any rules wrong. Which is a statement to the rule set design. It was so, the rule book was great to read. And I mean, yeah. we're both high school teachers, so we understand how difficult it is to convey instructions, convey instructions, deliver directions, and have people understand what you're trying to communicate. And it was, the book was well written. Yeah, you yeah, know, very well written. I, I can't I can't say much more about this. I'm very happy about this game. I'm gonna play it some more. So that's my conclusion. Yay for Tony. Yay for Snowdonia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm Norm. And I'm Ryan. And we'll catch you next time. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture could not have happened without the generous support and help from the good, the board, and the ugly and gamesurplus.com.